I'm going to let you in on a little secret. One of the real challenges of my job is the fact that I'm constantly using and testing out new tools. And in order to test and really evaluate a lot of different tools, I have to use them. And the best way to use them is to actually put them in the line of fire, to, to, to use them in your daily business. But this is a real challenge because when I test out a new tool, a new productivity tool, for example, it means that I have to learn what the tool does and then integrate it with my own personal productivity system, which means that I disrupt my entire productivity system for the amount of time that it takes me to learn the new tool, which, of course, dramatically impacts my productivity. You see where I am going. And the nature of my channel, of my main YouTube channel, is it is all about making videos so people can make better decisions on what tools they should be using and understanding how they should fit in their life. But it constantly gets in the way of me being productive. Ugh. So at any rate, today on Gray Matters, we are going to have a conversation about five key areas. We're going to talk about the tools I use for productivity, the tools that I use for creating my content, the tools that I use for managing my conversations in social, and the tools that I use for managing my revenue side, my business, uh, the, the my learning management system that we use to sell our online courses. So five tools, or it's actually more than five tools because in each category there are multiple tools, but the five key areas of my business I'm going to tell you which tools I never switch out. Even if I test out another tool, each one of these tools is firmly rooted in my toolkit. That's coming up today on Gray Matters. Steve Dotto here. How the heck are you doing this fine day? Welcome to Gray Matters, the podcast for those of us in the gray zone. What is the gray zone? Primarily baby boomers and Gen X, those of us sporting a touch of gray. We're interested in finding our place in the digital age. On this podcast, we will learn about online marketing, community building, social networking, all from our perspective. The world's changing. The job market is not interested in us anymore. We're facing the prospect of a reluctant retirement, and that is not cool. We need a side hustle to take our experience and put it to work for us. We need to develop mad skills, adapt, and evolve in order to remain relevant in the digital age. I can help. This podcast can help. I'm glad you found us. Just before we jump into the main content today, uh, we've done a great blog post on this, a little more detailed than our normal blog post with all of the links to the tools that I'm talking about. And you can find that post at Dottotech along with this podcast at our website. So you just go dottotech.com forward slash gray 23. Uh, this is our 23rd episode, dottotech.com forward slash gray 23 uh, for all of the details on this blog post. So let's talk about these tools that I find that are firmly rooted. The ones that even if I test out another tool in the same space, I still continue to, in, in most cases, parallel use these tools. Now it all starts in productivity is probably the most important place for us to start. And for productivity, I've have a trifecta of tools that I use that are just not replaceable. And those are in no particular order, Evernote, Slack, and Asana. Evernote is my information vacuum cleaner. It's what I use, still use, to pull all of my ideas and all of the little, little bits of information together so that I can properly insert them into my normal business flow. And Evernote is a very important product in my, in my personal development. Our very first successful course that we ever created at Dotto Tech was an Evernote course. And I'm still, you know, we still 
do regular videos on Evernote. We still talk a lot about Evernote. I still proselytize to a certain extent for Evernote with one caveat. I'm not thrilled with Evernote's management. I'm not thrilled with the direction that the leadership in the company has taken the product, but that doesn't change the fact that I still rely on and use Evernote. In a lot of ways, it's not different than Apple as far as my relationship and how I feel about the leadership and the management of the company. I question a lot of their decisions and how they treat their customers and how they are developing their product, but that's because I use it, rely on it every day, and when they make certain product decisions, it has an effect on my own personal use of the product. Then, of course, being <laughs> focusing on my work, I want them to do things the way that work best for me. And that's not always in the best interest of the company. So it's probably reasonable that I, that we, that we aren't always a fan of the product that we are quote unquote fans of, but Evernote for me still is the most important tool for collecting ideas and keeping me moving ahead with new creative products. Uh, Evernote, for those of you who don't know, and I imagine most of you do know, is a notebook product that allows you to uh, create individual pages and notebooks on different topics and collect all of the different assets and digital assets into those notebooks. So it's like carrying around a notebook that also has like a big envelope attached to it. And anytime you see something interesting, you just stuff it into that notebook. Now, the strength of Evernote two strings. One is it's got a wonderful web clipper. So when I find an idea online, when I go to a website and there's a product or a story that I want to talk about or some research that's going to relate to one of my videos, I can just quickly clip that and send it to the notebook with all the proper tagging in place so that I can find it in the future so that I can have all of the resources I need when I'm ready to actually create the video or the blog post or whatever the content is that I'm creating. That's the number one benefit of Evernote. The second benefit of Evernote is it has incredibly powerful search. So everything that I collect into Evernote, I can find by searching. Even if I'm clipping a graphic, even if I've taken a picture of a sign somewhere, I can search on the words in that sign because Evernote parses everything out and makes it searchable. And it has a powerful search engine. So that that's the strength of Evernote. It allows me to collect all of the information that I need to do my job and not worry too, too much about the organization that information as I pull it in and then you search to find whatever it is that I need in the future when I need it. So those are the, that's the key to Evernote. Now the next product that I mentioned is Slack. Slack is a communication manager and what Slack does is it really reduces the amount of time that you spend communicating with your team and it coalesces all of your communications into one consistent interface. Now Slack's strength is the fact that it moves us out of email for most normal communication. So it uses a very chat-like interface. If you think about using Microsoft Messenger or a Facebook Messenger, if you look at, think about using any of those chat-based tools or even texting, Slack feels much like those tools, but it's based on your team. So you've got different teams and different work groups that you communicate with. It hosts all of that conversation in Slack and it moves you out of the email morass. The problem with email, what, where do I begin? But one of the biggest problems with email is it's very labor intensive to sit there, open an email, read through, find the relevant information. And as you get nested emails and nested replies, you end up with sometimes just a quagmire of information in email. Plus, within, depending on the size of your enterprise and the size of your organizations, you have people who do all of the CYA emails, which is stands for cover your ass, where they're sending out, e where they're just replying to emails to let their boss know that they've read it so that they're related in the email thread. And it has nothing to do with real productivity. 
Also, when you need to find something in that uh, conversation that's happened, when you're in email, you have to wonder which email it's in, is it an attachment, and it just becomes a real mess. Slack, if you can get your team to concentrate all of their communication on Slack, Slack manages all of the uploads, all of the digital assets, all of the different shared documents for you, but it also manages the conversation threads and you have a main thread and then you have a sidebar thread that happens as well, where you're kind of just replying to the specific notes within a conversation. So it makes you a far more effective communicator. And it's also a cultural aspect of a tool like Slack is because it's coming in from your team you know who it's coming in from, you have a different response time and responsibility. If you're the boss of a, of a sales force, of a team, and you're getting Slack messages from your employees, you know that they're probably pretty important for moving the ball downfield, and you're going to respond much more quickly than other than you might if it was an email, and it might be something that's you know kind of less mission critical. I don't know if I explained that well, but culturally, Slack allows you to create response times to your to your team members needs far more effectively plus the fact you're not in a full email you in your actually in a chat in interface means that you don't have to <laughs> I mean, you just type less words because you don't have to say, hey, Steve, you know, and then thanks, Steve, at the end. You don't have to do those things because you're in a conversation thread. So you could just get right to the point and, uh, and, and go from there. Slack in the commercial version, it's free. Both Evernote and Slack have free versions that are very robust, as does Asana, by the way, the, the third tool in this mix. You can search for the conversation threads as well. It's also got powerful search and archiving. That's where Slack starts to charge you more money is if you want to archive these conversations for long periods of time, which can become very valuable in an enterprise situation. So Evernote for collecting all of my information and having it in one place for when I need it. Slack for managing all of the conversations with my team members. And I have to tell you, it takes a little bit of time sometimes to get your team members to accept it. April, who works for me, and she will readily admit that she is a convert to Slack. She was not a fan of Slack when I for I basically bullied her into using it, but I just didn't respond to her emails very quickly. And whereas in Slack, every time she asked me something in Slack, I was there for her. And it, it, it very quickly, she realized that Slack is an effective communication tool. And it since kind of worked its way through the rest of her enterprise and the rest of her organization with other clients, et cetera. So it's a, so it's a, it's a tool that takes a little bit of time to get, to get to the real value of, but well worth it when you do that effort. The third of my three-headed productivity monsters is Asana. Now, Asana is a team-based task and project manager, and there are lots of good options in the Asana space. But Asana happened to come up with a new version of Asana that allowed you to look at your information slightly differently, just as I was setting up my systems when we started kind of our new version of the Dotto Tech channel. So there was a kind of a perfect storm happening where I was looking at Asana to do a demo. It's one of these cases where I was looking at it for demonstration purposes to do a video on it. And I liked it so much that I just integrated it as I was designing my new systems. Uh, and that's, that's not to say that there are not other tools that do as good or even a better job than Asana, but Asana does a terrific job for us. So here is the key to Asana. Asana is at its heart, a task manager where each individual task is identified as its own discrete unit. And you can apply time and responsibilities and additional assets to or subtasks to that task 
in order to manage it. So if you take that to kind of to the next level, it becomes a project manager because what are projects, but a series of tasks that are set on a timeline. So Asana has that as its base where Asana really caught on for me was they had just created a separate view. Typically speaking in the past, Asana had a list view where you had all of your tasks pointed out kind of in a list form and you would see them one on top of the other. What Asana had created, just as I kind of fell for it, was a Kanban view or the ability for us to have columns with almost like index cards for each task. And that for me worked very much uh, in sympathy with the way that I had done my TV show for many years. We always used to work off index cards and every task, every segment, everything that we did on the show was on an index card and they got moved into appropriate columns, which related to the episode of the TV show that they were on. Actually, you should see me right now. I am waving my hand around, showing you visually, even though this is a podcast, exactly what I'm doing. It's kind of sad, uh, but I digress. Asana allows you to set up that metaphor. We used to do it on cork boards, but it allows you to set up that metaphor. And as soon as I saw that, I immediately said, oh, that is something that I can work with. And now there are other tools that do it. And most especially that will, the one that will pop to mind is Trello, which is an excellent task manager and team-based tool as well. But I liked the, I liked the depth that Asana offered. And so I went with Asana. Now, as you work your way through using Asana and you look at what they've done as far as upgrading its capabilities, the free version will do almost everything that you need to do. You can do a great job of really understanding what Asana will do with the free version. But when you start stepping up to the paid version, they add extra integration and they also add task dependencies, which is a big, big deal. Task dependencies are terrific if you are setting up ongoing repeating tasks where one thing has to be accomplished before the next thing can be picked up. And you might have different people that are responsible for different stages of a project. So in that case there, let's say it was a blog post being created and the video had to be created for the blog post. I could set up a template where I record the video this is our, my own workflow. So I, I'll explain how it would work. So I record the video in that video, the, in the template, the video is the first step of the task. Now, actually I've got other tasks before it, which include things like getting all of my content from Evernote and writing the video and creating exactly what I'm going to do. But for the rest of my team, it all begins with the writing, with the creation of the video. So at that point there, once the video is created, a task dependency would then trigger my blog post writer, my editor and my graphics creation person to all start on their steps of the process in creating the post and, and creating the, the, the final product. And at that point there, Luke would be notified that a video is ready. And because the task dependency, the, based on the time frame, would say, once this task is done, the next task picks up. So he'd say, you have this, this video to write a blog post for, he would get on that. Liz would say, you have this video to edit. She would get on that. And Liz would also say, you have these graphics to create for a thumbnail template and for in, in video graphics and she would get on all of that, but it would all be triggered by the fact that the first task was completed. So the next people in the task know what's happening. And then once the blog post is created, then I would be notified that the blog post is done for me to proof it and approve it and to create the social content, the, the tweets and the, uh, and the blog posts out of it. So that's the process that happens within Asana. It gives us all of those capabilities. It also has some communication tools, for example, the ability to be able to chat back and forth. 
And we have conversations within Asana that are outside of Slack. Slack is typical is we use for typically having conversations about what's happening business-wise and strategically. But when we have a conversation about a task-specific item, such as uh, an edit point in a video or how a graphic is going to be used, in that case there, because we are looking at the graph, it's a t- based in the task, we can assign that in Asana, in Asana and have the conversation right there because it will manage all of those conversations. And it will actually thread those conversations through into Slack if you choose. So all of those tools work together really really nicely to kind of create a productivity toolkit that works for us. Evernote, Slack, and Asana. Now you can replace each one of those tools with another tool that does the same kind of thing. You can replace Evernote with OneNote. You can replace Slack with a variety of tools. You can replace Asana with a tool like Trello and do the same things. But when you embrace these tools, I've said this before, I'm going to say it again, and I'm going to say it many, many more times. When you embrace one of these tools, once you've decided and you start to implement it in your business, dive into the deep end of the tool. Get to know know how to use all of the idiosyncrasies of the tool and weave it into your own personal productivity system. That's what makes it successful. And that's what I say. They're rooted firmly. It's because they're woven into how we do business. Those are my productivity tools. And once again, just as a reminder, you can get links to all of this in the, uh, in the show notes here for the, depending on where you're listening to the podcast or by visiting dototech.com slash gray 23. Next is content creation. And for me, content creation comes down to primarily creating video, although that's expanding into doing more audio for the podcast, et cetera. But the tool that is right at the heart of all of my video content creation is a screencasting tool called ScreenFlow. Since I'm on the Mac, I like to use ScreenFlow. It's a relatively inexpensive tool under $200, which allows me to record the the computer screen at the same time as I'm recording my audio and to edit all of that content together. And that's how we primarily make all of our YouTube videos. Now, if you're in the Windows world or also in the Mac world, there's a a very similar product called Camtasia, which is a little bit more expensive that does the same thing. Both ScreenFlow and Camtasia are different than standard video editing tools, even though they do a lot of the same things, because they treat the computer screen as a character in the video and they record it and give you tools to do camera moves on the computer screen and zoom in and out and increase the size of the cursor at the same time. So it does most of what a regular video editing package will do, plus it adds all of these different assets as far as managing the screen as an asset. And that's where we're so much better able to tell a story on our YouTube channel. If you're showing any piece of technology, it allows you to do it, uh, edit it and create the video far with a far greater efficiency. So ScreenFlow for me is the next tool in the mix. And we've got lots of videos. There'll be links to several of our videos on how to use ScreenFlow and Camtasia for creating your own videos. So that's number, that's the, in the content creation space. Now, one of the things about being a content creator is building a community, is getting to know you folks better and to engage you in our business. At the end of the day, I'm only successful if I can get the people who are following our podcast or following our videos engaged and on my mail list, having conversations with me so that I can ultimately do business with you. That's the nature of being a content creator. Managing those conversations and engendering goodwill with your community is a real challenge because the conversations are fractured over multiple social platforms. I mean, in this day and age, you might have 
have a main platform as I do, which is YouTube in my YouTube comments area, but there are also conversations happening in Facebook and in Twitter and in Instagram and in LinkedIn. Conversations happen with your community all over the place and depending on what your business mix is, you are also responsible for creating content that you deliver into those social platforms. And that can become a, a nightmare because you're going from client to client, and I'm talking about computer clients, look, going from Instagram and then opening it and then handling the comments there and doing your posts in Instagram and then closing it and then going into LinkedIn and talking to the people who are talking to you in LinkedIn and closing it and then opening Facebook and talking to the people on Facebook and doing a new Facebook post. And you get where I'm going with this. It is a nightmare. There is a class of tool called social media management dashboards of which Agora Pulse is the tool that I use. And Agora Pulse is a social dashboard that allows me to, in a single interface, manage almost every single aspect of all of my social channels. It is a marvelous application. And for somebody who's a small creator like me, I barely scratch the surface of what a tool like Agora Pulse does. But if you are a larger communications company or you have multiple clients, it really starts to show its strength. But here's effectively what Agora Pulse allows us to do in a nutshell. First, it allows me to create all of my posts for multiple platforms. So if I'm going to be, say, promoting this podcast, I'm going to create a Twitter post, I'm going to create a Facebook post, I'm going to create a series of different posts for it that I'm going to want to schedule and to put out. So rather than having to open each of those applications natively and create that content, I can create all of those posts at one time within Agora Pulse. But that's just the tip of the Agora Pulse iceberg. Because the next thing that I do in Agora Pulse is I go into all of those platforms and I deal with all of the conversations that are happening within those platforms. It allows me to manage the the, the discussions and the answer the questions. And if I don't have time to answer the questions, or if I have somebody who answers the questions for me, they have within Agora Pulse the ability to take the different conversations that are happening with our community and forward the appropriate conversations to the people that need to deal with them. So if I have somebody that's handling all of our Twitter conversations, because there's just too much traffic in Twitter, but there are some conversations that I should get personally involved in, the person who's handling those can assign the conversations to me so that I can deal with them and I can service the person who's, who's talking to us. And not only that, but it also tracks which conversations have been managed and which ones haven't. It is this capability that really drew me first to Agora Pulse, the ability for me to manage all of the conversations with my community and honor them in a single place. Now, it goes beyond that, allowing us to schedule out multiple posts, to track all of the analytics of those posts, and it, go, it continues on and on with Agora Pulse's capabilities. But the bottom line is it does a terrific job of allowing us to create all of our posted content and then reply and manage all of the communications with uh, the individuals who are communicating with us and taking the time to communicate with us. Now, in the spirit of full disclosure, I am an Agora Pulse ambassador. I do have a relationship with Agora Pulse. I think you should know that as you, as you listen to me wax poetically about how great a tool is. But I will also say that I was using Agora Pulse long before I became one of their ambassadors. 
Finally, let's talk about another company that I do have a relationship with and any of you who follow me on a regular basis know, and that is Thinkific. Now Thinkific is my course creation and management tool where we actually create a lot of the revenue that comes into Dottotech by creating online courses. Now Thinkific is one of a, there's a series of different products that, that, that compete with Thinkific. Uh, Thinkific, uh, I've had a relationship with a long time. They're based here in Vancouver where I live. I know their team well and they, uh, I just, I just think that they just do a terrific job and they've got a terrific corporate culture. So I'm happy to support them. Now, the key to Thinkific is it is a terrific environment for us to create online courses, manage the course all in a single place. Now, there's another way that you can do this in when we started out is that you can create a WordPress membership site where you manage all of your course content and you enroll people and charge them for your courses. And it works doing it yourself, but it is a pain in the rear end, I have to tell you, because anytime there's a change in WordPress, well, frankly, what ends up happening is you end up spending more time managing the uh, the account settings and your customers than you do creating content and actually teaching them. That's what I, at least that was my experience. Thinkific allows me to create online courses, either free, simple introductory courses or full courses that we charge significant amounts of money for that really generate a lot of revenue for us. They allow us to create those courses, manage the students, uh, test the students, communicate with the students, uh, up, update the, the content easily and effectively uh, all in a single dashboard. It has become one of my most important business partners in the fact that so much of our revenue and so much of our so much of our content is created and generated and driven into Thinkific. So that is my main course management tool, Thinkific. And finally, uh, you know, every business needs to keep track of their financials. And I got to tell you, it is the thing I hate doing the most in the world. Well, there's one product that I do like quite a bit in that space, even though it's not my familiar space, my favorite space. And that is Wave Financial. Now, Wave is, again, a Canadian company based out of Toronto, and they have a full web-based accounting package that works on every in every geography, so it doesn't matter what country. You don't have to be Canadian to use it. It recognizes the tax codes and all of those kind of subtleties of each individual nation. But it is a very approachable and very easy to use financial tool that allows you to do all of your accounting, including payroll and all of those sorts of things. Another key of Wave is it is free and you only start paying for Wave when you start doing payroll. Everything else is free, incredibly generous on Wave's side. And the other thing is kind of going along with that is the fact that included in the free service is invoicing, which for so many of us is a, just a nightmare. I found wave when I was looking for a dedicated invoicing package because I wanted to, I, I didn't like doing invoicing in the financial tool that I was using. And I increasingly had was getting, you know, kind of my financial stuff work done by an accounting firm rather than myself. And then I was looking for a, a good invoicing package and I found Wave. And when I started creating my invoices in Wave, it just naturally allowed me to bring in all of my other accounting needs into Wave because it all, of course, flows through your invoicing and through your money in and money out. And before I knew it, I was using it as my main financial tool and liking it and finding that they constantly updated it. And if you spend a little bit of money with them, I think I was spending $10 a month for their support here. And oh my goodness, did they respond quickly and handle every question. And they made it just a lot easier for me to do all of my accounting. So the, the, in the administrative side of my business, 
Wave Financial, which we will have links at the blog post for you for, is the final kind of piece of my productivity puzzle. And I did a terrific video. Actually, pat myself on the back. Ah, Steve, you did a terrific video. But I think I did a really good video showcasing the strength of Wave, and I will share that in the blog post as well. So that is, in a nutshell, our main product mix, or the main product mix of the five areas that I have products that are firmly rooted in my system, that even if I test out products, I am almost never tempted to switch to another product that, that does these services for me because each one of these has become just, has, has become a core to our productivity and our business. In the pure productivity space, Evernote, Slack, Asana. In the content creation sp space, ScreenFlow. In the social media management space, Agora Pulse. And in online course creation, Thinkific. And in my accounting and administrative area, Wave Financial. There are other tools that I use that I rely on a lot that might be, that, you, that are difficult for me to switch away from, but these ones I don't see making a change anytime in the future. So that is my mix. I, I, I would love to hear your guys' comments uh, on what tools you use and you rely on and why you use them. With almost every one of these tools, there are other tools that are equally as good out there in the marketplace. You don't have to use the exact same mix. I think if you take anything away from the podcast today is recognize that the reason that these tools really work well for me is A, they're good tools, no doubt about that. But B, I've taken the time to learn to use them properly and to make sure that I build my systems to integrate with those tools. And often the capabilities of those tools opens my eyes to a different direction or a different way I can do things that's more efficient or more profitable for me. So it's, I look at each of these tools, not necessarily as a customer, but I almost consider myself to be a partner because I use, because of just the attitude that I have towards how I integrate those tools with our system. I think if you can get to the same kind of space with the tools that are most important to you, that you'll find your entire enterprise runs more smoothly. Visit us at the, at the website, dototech.com slash gray 23. Uh, we're focusing most of the comments there at the website. Uh, but certainly uh, if you reach out to us in any of the other social platforms, I'm happy to answer your questions. If you find the content of gray matters to be valuable, please share it with other, especially other people in our generation, other Gen Xers and baby boomers who are looking at becoming more efficient in the online space, possibly reinventing themselves, reducing the amount of fear that they have about the entire social spectrum. Please share Gray Matters with them and help us spread the word uh, and turn Gray Matters into, uh, into the Gray Wave as we get more and more of our generation having an impact in the online space. With that, I am Steve Dotto. Till next time, have fun storming a castle.